Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the ABZ Show with me, your host, Abe. Today, I have a very special guest, German. Hi, German. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, German, tell my audience all about you and what do you do? Uh, thank you, Abe, for having me on your show, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, my name is German Gosakowski, and uh, I'm a... Uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur in the tech and fitness industry. I have started my fitness journey 10 years ago when uh, me and my partner, we launched uh, a multimedia agency. Um, since then, I've been trying to build up that agency to, to have a capacity to create our own startups. Um, since we now have large operations, I have joined Dubai government as a, as a senior analyst and I have, um, and I have been promoted uh, to a member of macroeconomic modeling policy and where I was working uh, and cooperating on economic policy advocacy, investment relations, attraction, intermediation, major strategic economic projects with big four companies, the FCA Authority, UAE top governmental departments, etc. Uh, while I was in the government, uh, it was my, I mean, you could say like a stable position that would provide me uh, means for living. And at the same time, uh, I would spend the rest of my day working uh, on my business. Since then, uh, our company has expanded throughout the region to four offices in Dubai, Russia, Egypt, Bahrain. And uh, we have signed agreement official partnerships with Dubai Chamber, with Dubai Police. Uh, we have more than 50 clients in the past 10 years and completed more than 300 projects. So then um, I, I decided once we had a capacity, we had a team of uh, around 50 people, uh, I decided to start my other ventures. So I started a fitness venture called NextFit in Bahrain and Kuwait, which is an EMS training in partnership with Fitness First. Then, um, and then I have also started a company called Top Stretching uh, in Dubai, which is the largest chain of stretching and uh, functional training uh, studios uh, in the world. So my core focus right now uh, is, uh, is top stretching, is expanding it here um, locally in the MENA region. We have two locations in Dubai Marina and Palm Jumeirah. Uh, we have also launched, uh, uh, there was an interesting, uh, there was an interesting uh, case about the top stretching during the beginning of 2020. Uh, when the COVID kicked in, you know, everybody was shocked, especially the retail businesses. So then I thought to myself, you know, uh, things are going bad. So we, just, we, we need to pivot. We need to do something, you know, not just sit idle. And we created the first uh, on-demand stretching app uh, in the world. So it's something cool and exciting is what we are growing now. Uh, we have grown the app in a year to 8,000 users, which is pretty great. Some few more things about me. I mean, I have 10 years uh, of practical business experience here in MENA, four years of combining pro uh, professional career and business practice, which is uh, very interesting uh, to keep stability and at the same time try to, uh, you know, aspire to your goals. Uh, I have built and expanded multi-million fitness and marketing businesses uh, in MENA region and generated north of uh, $30 million uh, in the in the past uh, 10 years. Wow, amazing. So <clears throat> I have a couple of questions, obviously, you know, um, you know, I've known you for, you know, a year now, and 
and I know we always have these conversations, me and you, but, but I never asked you what made you, you know, leave your very cushy job. You know, it was a good paying job into this unknown because, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, you don't know when your next paycheck is coming or you don't know what, like, I know you were trying to build things on the side and stuff like that, but what was the point that you felt that, okay, this is the time for me to leave. Like, did, do you remember that time or? Yes, like I, I, I remember it like now. It was like four, four and a half years ago. I was sitting in the office and uh, um, I mean, I realized, you know, that uh, you can put price on freedom. Uh, it's something invaluable. And as it's, as they said in, in the movie, I'm sure everybody watched that uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, they say some birds aren't man, meant to be caged. I believe to be employed um, uh, in the company is somehow to be caged. If it's a traditional company, you know, like 10 to 6, that's that's caging, you know. I mean, uh, modern startups, they work in a different way. They understand, you know, that people can work from beach, you know, from different places around the world, be free, etc. But uh, when I was working in the government, um, it was, I mean, it was an official position. Don't get me wrong, it was an amazing job. I mean, I had a good salary, I had amazing benefits. I worked like uh, seven hours a day, uh, eight hours a day. So, and I would finish by like 2, 2 p.m. and then I would be free. However, I, I, I decided, and you know, when I left, I, I took a credit of like 100,000 dirham. I didn't have any saving. And uh, so it's not that I left with a saving, actually, I took a huge risk. That was my first all-in that I did in my life. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a freedom and, and, and also aspiration to make difference and also aspiration, you know, to grow bigger. Um, I, there are some things that I want to do uh, in this life, right? And I think, I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do them just working uh, somewhere. Uh, so entrepreneurship was the, the only option. At least I have a chance. I may never get there, but just knowing that I have that chance already gives me that, uh, that drive, you know, inside me. You know, it's funny you mention that because I meet a lot of people with savings, but because I think salary is like a pill, you know, every month you take and you're like, you know what? Okay. Maybe next salary, you know, they will be courageous enough to leave. And again, Listen, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. I, I, I got to be honest. Like, I don't want people to just get up and say, you know what? I'm just going to start something. No, no. It has to be planned. But I think that initial jump is uh, everybody remembers their first initial jump. It's the risk of you. Even if you have tiny savings or a lot of savings, it's still the dependency and the, reg you know, because you are used to, eh, you know, every 20 5 26th of the month or even end of the month getting a salary right and it's honestly a good feeling when you know oh you know it's at a satisfying sms you get you're like oh yeah my salary is here right but yeah it is <laughs> but that always has issues with people uh i think it's just like it drugs them to the next month and so on and so on and taking that leap is so strong and some people fail and some people su succeed uh, amazing how you took a, a, a line, you know, blindfolded saying, you know what? I, 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 agree, I agree with you 100%. You know, I respect entrepreneurs so much because they're taking such a huge leap of faith. It requires, and you're right, this is not for everybody. And it doesn't mean that 
entrepreneurs are better than the other people. No, it's just, you know, they're, they're taking it one step further, you know, to test the limits and they're risking so much, you know, uh, in order to do that and to do it, it has to be well prepared. It has to be, be it has to be well thought of, you know, and you have to be psychologically ready for it. You have to be experience wise ready for it. I mean, yes, I took a leap of faith, but not, I didn't have financial stability, not at all. However, what I did have by the point I decided to do this is an experience. Like I told you, I started the company in the university and I worked in the government for around four years. Yeah. By that time, I didn't generate enough income. I mean, we were barely profitable. However, what I did have is the experience that I got during this year. And I felt confident, you know, that I would be able to succeed. And I thought to myself, all right, if it doesn't work out, I mean, I get so much experience. I'm sure I will be valuable to some company uh, thereafter. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and I think that's, I think you said something very key, which is mentally ready. I think people need to be mentally ready, not only for not the money, but because this is something that is undefined. And, you know, your job, when you work for somebody, you have a job description. Entrepreneur, one day you're hiring people, the next day you're putting up drywall and, and like literally fixing stuff in, a, in your office. The third time you're trying to raise money, you have to, like, you have to wear so many hats, you know? And, and I think that mentally, you have to be mentally strong to do that. And you know what I mean? And then finding another the part, a partner, if you need one, where is the next, where are you gonna pay your salaries? I, I remember my first startup, uh, the first three years, end of the month was the biggest worry for me and my partners and we're like okay where are we going to pay pay our creditors where are we going to pay our salaries you know what i mean and then we always made it work and then obviously you always get paid last that's the sad truth right so yeah very sad you know, <laughs> super sad but 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 you know and then hopefully it worked out well for at least me and a lot of the successful ones but but also it's also an experience people do not like um, put a, a price on the experience that you're gaining because when you're doing all of these hiring and, and, and fixing and, and running after investors and getting business development, you're now out of that cage that you talked about. You know what I mean? You're, you're doing what you want. You believe this is the right path, right? Okay. So let me, let me ask you, let, let, let's talk more about uh, your latest venture, which is top stretching. You know, how, I know you walked into that gradually by, you know, from your fitness business into that stuff. What did you think that top stretching, why would it do well here? Like, like what made you say, you know, mm -hmm. I think this is the right formula, the right time for top stretching in this region. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not going to be bragging about it. I just follow my feeling. Uh, I'm, I did 16 personality tests and I'm uh, emotional, like 80%. Majority of my decisions are driven by emotions and in a good sense. Um, I, I felt good about the company. Uh, I felt good about the partners that I've partnered with. And um, I decided to do it, uh, to, to give it a try. So, and it was interesting meeting. Uh, it was a kind of fate because I liked the company. And uh, then I asked one of my friends if they know the owners and I was in Bali back then. And, uh, and, uh, and a friend told me, you know, that the owners are also in Bali. So we met up, you know, it happened so quick and we, we have similar background. We have similar experience, similar life path. They're same age. I mean, a lot of things are similar. So we decided to partner up. Uh, this, uh, this is what I did. So I guess 
everything was aligned the second you met them, right? So, and I guess, yeah, and that's something, and and that's something that we need to talk about is is finding um, you know partners because I know you've had a couple of ventures with different partners and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, can you elaborate more? What do you look for? Like. Uh, obviously, you've had some good um, traction with a lot of companies. I'm sure you've had one or two saying, you know, we shouldn't have done that. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, what do you think is a good fit for a, uh, for a partner? Like, what what learnings did you get from, you know, finding a good partner? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of partnership. To be honest, I could never do a business alone because I guess... Uh, we are all different people. We all have our advantages and disadvantages. You should find a partner, you know, that substitute your disadvantages. All right. So for example, me, I cannot be involved in operational activity. That just kills me. That just drives my enthusiasm down, creativity down, everything. So I need a partner who would be able to take care of the operational part, which is also very important. So I mean, this is the way I looked into it. Uh, if we're looking for some soft values, I think, I mean, honesty and tra- transparency are the key, of course. Those things you can't look for in the beginning. I guess you, you should talk about it and then see on the actions. Um, transparency is the most important because when you're transparent, but, uh, you know, like, you know what, what to expect. It's same like a relation between men and a woman, you know? Like it needs to be transparent, it needs to be honest, otherwise it will fall apart. But transparency has to go together with the rationality. So not only that you have to be transparent, you have to accept. So sometimes a partner can tell you, you know, they did something that you may not like, but the fact that they are transparent about it, you should appreciate and you should sit down, I guess, and talk rationally. Those values are important. Also uh, drive and enthusiasm. For example, if you're uh, a person if I was a person, you know, that would be very operational oriented, calm, introvert, etc. Definitely, I'm not type of a. Guy, I wouldn't be a type of a guy for the uh, for the creativity, for some drive, you know, that to create an environment. Then I would search for a partner, you know, who has that because that's very important as well, you know, like to have the to have that drive, you know, to have that feeling inside you, you know, that will motivate others. So, I mean, this is, this is what I would say. But some of the entrepreneurs, they have been really successful individually and I'm really happy for them, but this is just my vision and the way it works for me. So I guess it's individual. No, I, I, you know what? And we are very aligned because even like, uh, you know, when I jo- joined Startup Bootcamp, um, um, I, I never knew that even investors looked at, um, you know, if sole founders, were not something people really were interested in investing in because of, True. you know, the whole risk. It's a yeah. risk of dying. Yeah. And I agree with you 100%. You always need to look for your blind spots. You know, like I personally, I'm a very strong operational person, but I hate anything that comes with accounting, finance, legal. Now I understand after being 20 years into the entrepreneurship, I do know that, but I prefer not to touch that. Give me operational stuff. I'll do that all day. Marketing, I love. Uh, you know, even product development, I love that stuff. But you know, the blind spot is something bang on. You need to make sure that you think alike, but you need to cover each other's blind spots. And that's where good partnerships happen. And partnership doesn't mean like right. I, I need to have, find another brother or another friend. I I was never successful working with friends. You know. So okay. So what? spark that whole offline to online aspect i know 
you know, you said that you have now 8,000 members on your app. You know, why do people choose top stretching and not the million apps that are on there? Like, tell us more what makes mm -hmm. it different about this app. Well, to answer your first question, to be honest, I have been an online guy since the beginning. Uh, prior uh, to us, me and my partner starting our marketing firm, uh, we have been trying to launch various startups back in 2010. Uh, we launched the first real estate crowdfunding platform. We have launched the first um, room sharing platform because, you know, like room sharing was pretty you know like well developed in dubai not officially but it was the case you know yeah. um then several several other ventures but i mean we always faced um with the with the cost of you know contacting marketing firms for websites for apps for marketing for designs etc etc so then i was so tired of it you know paying that off and trying to find a good ones and then we decided i said listen let's build up our own infrastructure and once we are ready we're going to be launching that um I mean, this is just to give you an idea. I have, I have had an online vision all the time. Even our marketing firm, it's fully digital, right? So we don't do offline marketing. It's only on online marketing. We specializing in the performance digital marketing and the programmatic media buying. Uh, coming back to the top stretching, I mean, my life took me to the offline business because, I mean, there were opportunities, you know, and I decided to take them uh that, that's the answer why i went into the offline business but i always had a vision for the online so uh the time was right during COVID. you know we were shut down you know there was nothing to do and uh and i said you know let, let's transform the entire business to online as well you know that will add an additional uh revenue stream i mean it's still small business compared to our offline however it is growing and it has huge potential and to grow it is much easier than to grow the online business. So I guess um, this is why we went to offline. What makes it better? Well, uh, there are no stretching apps at all. So we're the first one to launch. We recorded 150 uh, trainings, each one average 30 to one hour long. Uh, uh, those trainings have been recorded by the uh some of like russian champions in rhythmic gymnastics so those are those are really top trainers with the all life in the in the field um another thing that makes it special is ui i think it looks super awesome right it's super trendy what we do uh it is uh, mostly for a female uh audience and uh people love it i mean given that there is no competitor and we are first market entrant it's hard to compare but if we compare it to the traditional functional workout apps, I guess we, we are uh, offering ladies an alternative that they can have um, a fit, you know, an aesthetically beautiful uh, body without actually putting high pressure on their body, you know, doing heat, doing insanity workouts. And those aren't really, I mean, I'm not a fan of those. And even med medically, they are not good because they put a lot of pressure on your cardiovascular and uh, system and the heart. The another cool thing about our app is that we record the trainings in the most exclusive locations around the world. I mean, we have partnership with Atlantis, so we have uh, a series of trainings in the aquarium. I mean, imagine the ambience of all those uh, fishes, you know, in the background, or we record the videos in the hidden spot in Pujera or a hidden spot in Lebanon. Um, and we are planning to find more and more spots around the world. Uh, right now, people not only want the training, but they want an experience and ambience. So we give them that. Yeah. 
No, I agree. I agree. And I think, uh, I think you nailed it on its head with saying, you know, the, the user experience is fantastic and the quality of the content, you know, as you said that you had Olymp Olympic people, you know, doing uh, the workouts, that's, that shows a lot of credibility. And I think that's why you, you know, your, your growth has been so, so good because of, because ah. of amazing, amazing. That's uh, super, super cool. So let me ask you, so for this, for the online business, so we have something called the BHAG. Like, what is the BHAG of the top stretching app? Like how many, like how many fitness studios do you see opening up? How many uh, users on the app? Like give us like in 10 to 20 years, like give us just make us dream about this. Well, uh, if we, if we analyze our offline business uh, in the MENA, MENA region alone, uh, our market opportunity is uh, 250 the realistic opportunity is a 250,000 uh, members uh, across the MENA. I mean, that's given that if we open like 100, 120 locations uh, across different countries, um, the overall potential available market uh, for us is 150 million over here. So I guess we can, uh, we can confidently say that we can get to 50,000 members if we manage to grow at the right pace and doing everything right. If we look at uh, into our online business, our, uh, I mean, the potential available market is the same as 150 million uh, female audience uh, in the age group of 20 to 55. And, uh, and the realistic uh, serviceable uh, attainable uh, market for us, the basically the group of people that we can uh, make uh, our members in our online business subscribers is 10 million. Nice, nice. So, okay, so I, I promised I'd ask you this question that I'm asking all of my guests. So if you had a superpower, what would that be? Or if you want to mimic a superhero, who would that be? Okay, I realized that the superpower I would like to have is to be happy. You know, I guess the main thing in this world is that we are, we don't feel calm. You know, we are driven by our ego. We want more money, more this, more that, more material things. But I realize more and more, and I've been traveling around the world a lot, um, meeting different people from with different background. I realized that I want to feel peace inside myself. I want to feel calm. And uh, I would like to be happy, really happy, you know, and I would like to spread that happiness, you know, a true one, you know, not a played one. So I guess that, I mean, I'm still in that journey, you know, of uh, reaching a happiness. For example, I'm planning a trip to Shaolin Monastery, um, hopefully this year to spend some good one, two months over there to live with them, uh, to be like them, you know, I love their philosophy. Uh, so. I guess this is the superpower I would like to have, you know, to be able, you know, at one moment it's like to push the button. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm this, I'm happy, you know, I'm fine with that, everything. Honestly, that's, that's. Don't you have that feeling, Abe? Some, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes like you're, you're like, you know, like you have everything, but it's just there is something missing, you know, always something missing. You always want more, you know, and then you realize, do you really want that? And even if you get that, that doesn't solve the problem, you know. And it's like continuous. It's like whole society embeds that, this into us, you know, from high school, from kindergarten, from universities, like you got to be successful more, this more, that, I mean, capitalism, you know, but then there is a spiritual aspect, you know, to your human body as well and your soul. I agree. I agree 100%. And, and you know what? 
happiness is the first time I hear this on the show for people saying that's, and honestly, it is a superpower. You perform so much better when you're happy. You actually start thinking. Of course, yeah. So fantastic and very wise words, I have to say. Um, so, but would you like to say anything to our audience before we close up the show? The most important thing that I would that I would say is that if you have an idea, you know, if you believe in something, you know, you would like to have in your life, think 20 years in advance. Don't think one year, two years, three years, five years. No, think where did you see yourself in in 20 years, 30 years. All right. And ask yourself a question is what you're doing right now will help you to get there regardless of what it is like to be happy, you know, uh, to have like certain material position to have certain businesses to have certain position at your corporation, you know, to live in a certain country. Uh, that question always helps me, you know, like to get clear uh, in my mind, the picture of what I'm doing and is, and to answer the question is what I'm doing right for me. So I guess that's what I would say. Very wise words from the happy man, German. I have to, I, I like that. And in, in closing, I just want to tell Thanks. everybody about our hashtag. Our hashtag is uh, real talk, no nonsense. Thank you very much, German. Until next time, everybody enjoy. Take care. Sound good. Cool show, eh? Thank you very much for inviting me. Bye.